Hello and welcome to the Verblio Show. This is the podcast for digital agencies and digital marketers brought to you by Verblio, the friendliest content creation platform in the business. I am your host, Steve Pockross, and I'm Verblio CEO. In today's episode, I'm talking with Kelly Campbell, leading digital agency growth consultant. In addition to her focus on marketing best practices, Kelly sets herself apart with her focus on developing leaders' personal and management side as the foundation of better decisions and better outcomes. We talked on April 23rd, 2020. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Kelly, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, Would you mind introducing yourself to our audience? I'm Kelly Campbell. I'm an agency transformation coach based in New York, and I essentially work with agency leaders, creative leaders of all types, helping them to really discover their purpose, figure out positioning in their agencies, and essentially get to a point where they're leading really fulfilled lives and their agencies are flourishing. Put put a timestamp on this. This is April 23rd. Um, so we all know that everything can change week by week, but sure can. Uh, what are you seeing with your clients right now, both on kind of like their client changes, budget changes, but um, also how is that different now than when we first started the crisis? People are really scared. This is a very uncertain time, like very unprecedented, even though we've, you know, historically gone through cycles of about 10 years of dealing with some type of crisis, uh, mostly financial or, you know, other things like 9-11. So this isn't something that's brand new to us, but what's, what makes it brand new is the sort of like triple impact, right? It's, it's impacting our work, it's impacting mm-hmm. our health, and it's actually impacting us emotionally. We, we haven't had something like this on, on such a global level where it's literally impacting what I often refer to as like the oneness, right? Like so one person initially got infected with this and now it's literally rippled through every single person in the entire world. I think what's different about the beginning is that people were like, we're going to get through this. We're just going to have a positive outlook. We've been here before and we're just going to push through it, you know, make it work and we'll figure it out. And I think the tone of that is changing just a little bit because there's a reality that we have to look at. The reality is that there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of emotional upheaval. There are a lot of people who are, all of us are isolated, right? Shelter in place. And what that's forcing us to do is essentially sit in a cocoon that's really uncomfortable. We're not used to stillness. We're not used to um, beingness. We're not used to pausing. A lot of people are calling this the great pause as opposed to the great recession. And from my perspective, the difference here is that what's uncomfortable about this stillness is prior to this, we have had, we've been living in a society of just super masculine energy. And what I mean by that is not gender-based, it's, it's an energy or an aspect that is traditionally associated with doing, right? Mm-hmm. So this task orientation, this um, execution, I just have to be hustling and crushing it. All of these, these, this terminology that at this point just doesn't work and you're pushing through and trying to bypass the reality of the situation and you can't do that. It's about getting introspective. That's essentially like where I'm sitting and, and what I'm seeing from clients. It's really, really interesting. And I think the emotional kind of the emotional intelligence, organizational development aspect of it is something that we haven't talked nearly enough about in, in my discussions. How are you guiding your clients uh, through those three levels at this time? So I think, you know, the first thing is from a foundational standpoint, you really have to focus on the self first. I look at some of these things as opportunities. Uh, I don't know if I'd 
go so far as to say as um, that, that they're gifts, uh, because I think that might be a little insensitive. There is just such uh, a huge, huge transformation that's happening. And if we don't look at this as an opportunity to look inward and try to kind of ask the harder questions, you know, am I, am I in a role as an agency owner, an agency leader, where I was doing things the right way? Did I have a healthy business? Was I operating intelligently? Did I have a sustainable business? Were the clients that were coming to us that we were working with, were they respectful of us? Were they um, beating us up on pricing? Was I even in the right market to begin with? What I'm seeing also is there's a lot, a lot more understanding of <clears throat> integration, people understanding that they, they need to show up as their authentic selves and they can no longer uh, continue with this paradigm where I am sort of like, <clears throat> I have like a personal persona here and then I put on different clothes and I show up at work as a different person, right? So we have to start with the foundational things, which is like, are you even happy doing what you're doing? When this is all over, because at some point in time, it will be over. We don't know what that time frame looks like. But when it's over, what do I want my life to look like? What do I want my business to look like? How do I want the culture in my organization to feel. That's sort of where I'm coming from um, with, with what's going on right now. I love the amount of time and the amount of focus that you have on making on kind of the self and more of the existential questions and the how do you all reach out for there. What's the second level as far as kind of more of the tactical stuff? What are you recommending for agencies and who are, what are some of the best agencies who are getting it right doing or, or other marketers? So the first thing I would say about that is there are, I mean, again, back to the reality question, there are agencies um, that are just going to go out of business. Okay. So let's, let's level set there. Um, most of the experiential agencies that were rooted in, or, or, you know, their entirety of their business was rooted in, you know, experiential activations. There are probably not going to be events happening for potentially about a year. Because even when, this, when we're kind of on the other side of this, I think people are going to be very scared to venture out and you know, go into group settings in the way that they were before. So you see a lot of organizations um, just pulling back on those budgets and saying, all right, instead of postponing an event, we're actually going to cancel it and we're just going to do it for 2021. Those people, if they, had, if they didn't have enough cash flow to take them through 12 months, which most agencies just don't, um, they're gonna go out of business. But again, that represents an opportunity to pivot into something else. And so the ones that I see that are um, quote unquote successful are the ones that are able to be really nimble and pivot in such a way where they can meet a need that um, maybe the experiential company that used to do physical activations, in-person events, maybe they're now um, switching to figuring out how to sh uh, do live streaming uh, just as a quick example, the non-experiential agencies, um, what I'm finding is that the ones who are not burying their heads in the sand, the ones who are continuing to market, but are being very conscious about the language that they're using, the approach that they're taking, the sensitivity that they're bringing, that more feminine language, right. um, that more feminine approach. And when I say feminine, obviously, I'm just talking about, you know, um, empathy, vulnerability, um, compassion, um, collaboration, right? So I think it's, it's less about the hard sell, the like masculine execution. And it's more right now about really connecting with people. So when you're sending out an email, for example, you know, making sure that you're 
being vulnerable to say, hey, I know that you're working from home. Everybody's working from home. Like we're all on the same page there, but like, this is actually what I'm experiencing in this moment. It's really hard to be home with my kids. I'm having difficulty with this. This is making me stressed out. It's so great to connect with people. I'd love to hop on a call and just like talk to you to see how you're doing like as a human, right? So bringing humanity back into it, I think those that's, that's helping these conversations and it's opening up conversations is deepening relationships. And at the tail end of this, when, when again, everything is all over, I think you're going to find that the agencies that are taking that approach, a very human approach, a very emotionally vulnerable approach, those are the ones that people are going to remember how those yeah. agency leaders made them feel and they're going to do business with them. So that's, that's my viewpoint. Everyone's looking for examples of companies that are doing things well that they can emulate. So as we're talking about pivots and we're talking about new strategies and it doesn't have to be your client base, other companies that I've seen who've done it well that you think are actually approachable uh, by, by other agencies. So I think, um, Companies that are doing it well, again, are the ones that are pivoting. So like a couple of quick examples would be if you're a PR firm and mm -hmm. you, you know, historically have kind of done like, you know, press releases and other forms of communication, um, maybe some social media. If you have anyone on staff who is, has expertise in crisis communications or crisis management, that would be obviously a natural fit for something like that. Again, that's going to be only for right now, though. I mean, that's that you know, for or let's say when I say right now, I'm maybe talking about six to twelve months out. Another thing would be if you have, um, let's say, a promotional products company, where typically you had been providing promotional products for different events or organizations. I've seen a couple of them pr be pretty successful with pivoting so that obviously they're not um, serving those events anymore, but they're pivoting to the point where they're like, okay, let me think about the fact that everybody is at home. Um, there are companies that need to appreciate their employees and maybe sending something in the mail would be a really nice gesture at this point in time. Maybe it's work from home kits. Yeah. I have a, a colleague who has an agency like this and you know, moving in that direction where it's just about, again, the connection, the human connection of like, I see you, I understand what you're going through as a company, how can I support you? For me, it's about the, the being nimble and pivoting when necessary. And, you know, just not abandoning. I think uh, I had Drew McLennan on my, uh, McClellan on my podcast not that long ago. And he said something that really stuck with me, which was, you know, if we know that this is a 10 year cycle, right? Like we know we're, we're going to encounter some kind of crisis every 10 years. Right. That doesn't mean that we need to necessarily abandon the, the segment or the category or the verticals or the niches that we serve. Because for nine and a half years on a nine and a half year cycle, those verticals serve us very well. We just have to know that things are going to be a little shaky for six months out of those 10 years. And that's okay. There is no industry that's really immune right now from this crisis. It's a really good perspective. It's kind of like having an insurance policy. Like every 10 years, I will yeah. have some sort of a traffic incident. And so right. I do this. From the perspective of that, it's almost a little bit easier to digest. Like going back to that emotional component, it's almost a little bit easier to digest when you realize that that this is something that is something that is almost to be expected. We just don't know what the form of it is going to take, right? It could be financial. It could be um, terrorism. It could be health, health wise, right? So we don't know what the form takes, but we can sort of estimate or 
um, expect that every 10 years something will happen. And as long as we know that going in and we don't need to completely reinvent the wheel, then I think it's okay. Here's a specific kind of like an emotional intelligence kind of question that I think a lot of people are struggling with. Bring it on. A lot of people are trying to reach out with an empathetic message. I think a lot of people are struggling with how to get that across. A lot are starting with a very broad, tell me what I can do. And I'm wondering if you have some very pointed kind of advice on how to get that message across better. For me, it's about, especially if you're talking about opening up conversations or just touching base with prospective clients, existing clients, whatever it is. I think it's about um, taking the, a, a small risk first. And what I mean by that is putting yourself out there to say, this is what I'm dealing with. This is how it's impacting me. What mm -hmm. that does is, is it essentially opens up that discussion. It gives the other person on the other side permission to say, oh, wow, they're really struggling and they're kind of showing this vulnerability. They're showing me, you know, the fact that they're not just there trying to make a sale. They're, they're literally showing their humanity to me. So mm -hmm. it makes people feel more comfortable. Like if I take a small risk, then the other person's going to take a small risk back. And now we start to develop trust. We start to um, just have conversations that we would not have had the opportunity to have because they would have been looked at as like unprofessional before, right? Like, why are you bringing emotion into a conversation uh, in a professional sense? Well, again, that, that is collapsing. Um, there's no longer the, those silos. We're all bringing our authentic selves because we don't have a choice. There, there's no decision to make about it. Um, so that's how I would approach those emails. You still want to let people know that you're open for business, but right. that is certainly the secondary or even the tertiary message. Mm -hmm. The message right now is like, how can I connect with you? And right now, all that means is like, just tell me what is happening with you on a day-to-day -day basis. We're needing to recalibrate individually every day, sometimes on an hourly basis. So like how you approach me at nine o'clock in the morning is probably different from how I'm going to feel at three o'clock. And if my email lands in your inbox and you're just like in the, all the feels mm -hmm. and, and that email comes in and, and it feels like a really authentic, genuine request for connection, then you're a little bit more likely to reach back out to me and say, yeah, I'd love to hop on a call. You know, like I'm struggling too. I'm glad to hear that I'm not the only one. I've also been, uh, talking with a lot of people, but just being really honest about where you can help and not, and saying, here's some ideas that I have for I can help. I realize I only cover this one area of the million things you're dealing with right now. If you have right. other ideas, just something that caveats a lot less grandiose. Than, but that's collaboration, what you're talking yeah. about. It's like, I have some ideas, you might have some other ones, like let's hop on a call and like talk about it. One of the other things that I did recently was um, I sent out an email that was completely devoid of any sales or any um, support, anything like that. What I did was I put together a list of five resources that were helping me through the day. So one was like a podcast episode. One was um, uh, a link to a meditation. Uh, there were a, a book recommendation with a link to it to buy it on Amazon. So a couple of different things where I thought, well, if we're all kind of sitting here and we're, you know, I won't say downtime because I think that's a misnomer. We have time where we're just very anxious. Maybe these resources could help someone else. And I actually got a really, really great response from that 
not one time did I mention anything about even what I did. And these were two prospective clients. These were not even, you know, clients that I, that I deal with every single day. Right now, it's just about supporting each other, providing ideas, or whether that's emotional or resource-wise or whatever it is. And the business will come after that because, again, it's, they will remember how you made them feel in this moment. On a lighter hearted basis, which is anything interesting that you've found to, uh, to amuse yourself during this time of isolation and pause that you would have never thought yourself doing before? Oh, wow. That's a good question. I uh, had actually started um, doing some boxing training about two months before COVID hit. And one day I just went on Amazon and I ordered an 80 pound heavy bag and I've got a garage in the backyard. So I kind of hurt my back like putting it up, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, you know, I rested for a week mm. before I actually started. But yeah, so I put the heavy bag up and um, that outlet is something I would never would have thought of before uh, for something that would be helping me in this situation. But I realized that part of that emotional release mm. is actually physical. So whether you can get outside for a walk, make sure obviously you're wearing your mask and all of that, um, whether it's a walk or punching a heavy bag or whatever it is, I think getting just exercising and getting it out of the body um, that really helps with the mind and obviously helps with those emotions. So that's working for me. I also started offering um, 15 minute mindset conversations. I put it out on Instagram. I put it on LinkedIn. Anyone who just wanted to kind of vent or have me hold space for them. That was the way that I felt that I could best support people, whether they were clients, not clients, agency people, not agency people, didn't matter. I just put it out there. And those conversations ended up doing probably uh, just as much for me as they did for the people on the other end of the phone. Those were just a, a couple of the things that I put out there. Kelly, thank you so much for the time. That's it for this episode of The Verblio Show. Thanks for tuning in. This is Steve Pockross in Denver, Colorado, signing off.